Welcome to the Dogcast for Greyhound Racing SA. Visit grsa.com.au. Well, welcome to the latest edition of the Dogcast, uh, brought to you by Greyhound Racing SA. I'm your host, Bretton Yates, and uh, joining me today is Greyhound Racing SA's racing manager, Sean Matheson. Matho, welcome back. Great to see you. Thanks, Yatesy. Great to be here. We had our first show in the new surroundings last week. Yes. Um, and a good show, I think, by all the yeah. reports. Got some nice commentary around it. So looking forward to today's show. And it's going to be a great show today. We've got the Greyhound of the Year Awards coming up Saturday night. So that'll feature a big chunk of our show today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got five wonderful finalists, which we'll go through very shortly. Um, the night of It's night of nights for Greyhound Racing in South Australia on Saturday night at Angle Park. Um, they do a wonderful job with the setup and the likes of that. So people get dressed up. Our industry, you know, look their best for the night. So yep. really looking forward to it. Should be fantastic. So we'll preview all those uh, five greyhounds. Also, we've got a big review coming up of the SA St. Ledger, which yes. uh, you tipped the winner of. We've got to say you had a big night, actually. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Yes. Sure you'll be blowing the trumpet. Um, Queen of Scotch for Tony Rasmussen yep. took that out. And uh, gee, what about Saturday night at the Meadows? Wasn't it extraordinary? Victor oh. Damien, Fantastic. Yep. And Captain Larry owned in SA as well. That's right. Yeah, I mean, all SAIs were on the, the racing at the Meadows on Saturday night. And, uh, yeah, the boom um, around Victor Damien was certainly proven um, when he took on Group 1 Open Company and uh, was able to get the job done. But Captain Larry as well, we'll again, we'll talk about that a bit later when we preview yeah. the race itself. But uh, the Nine of a Syndicate own him and uh, transferred into a Victorian kennel, but doing a great job for the SA owners. Absolutely. We've got a big show, so uh, stick around. The Week in Review. Our Week in Review uh, brought to you by Fresh Pet Food Co., proud suppliers of fresh pet food for our uh, Gap SA greyhounds in the Gap Prison programs. Uh, They're based right here in SA as well, so visit their website, uh, freshpetfoodco.com.au for more info. Uh, Matho, review time, Thursday nights, and Ledger, you like Queen of Scotch. I tell you what, basically what you said happened, with the exception of the speed of the seven, but Queen of Scotch certainly out well and had the speed to get through. Take us through the race. How did it unfold? Yeah, I mean, mean, we reviewed the race, and it sort of panned out as we sort of thought that Queen of Scotch, because there wasn't so much speed around her, she was able to begin well and then was able to use a bit of the track and she didn't get any interference whatsoever and Yatesy she was so wide early going <laughs> to that first turn yeah um, but she had good clear ground and so um, she was able to uh, to hold the lead but Zoe Bale really put it to her um, into the back straight and down the back straight um, and Queen of Scotch just off the back straight I thought or Queen of Scotch could be challenged really hard here but then she sort of went to another gear yeah. and was able to sort of just race away and put get a winning break on Zoe Bale. Um, Zoe Bale did a really good job to, to hang on for second and really they cleared out from the others with Yaramundi Paul. We spoke about him for Vadim Roz. I mean, Vadim, just a touch of luck. Yeah. And um, he can be right in there, those races. But he just had a really checkered pass uh, a track into the race. He flew home and dead-heated for, uh, for third with Victor Tony. Um, who, who did a, a, you know, a nice job sitting in behind the speed. But listen, take nothing away, Yatesy, from Queen of Scots. She's gone from strength to strength and um, proven to be one of the really um, really nice dogs that the Rasmussen's have, but they know they've got plenty. Yeah. But she's really developing. She could be a really good open-class sprinter for a few months. And uh, look... Tracking wide, and I'd love to know how fast she actually ran because she tracked really deep, as you say, but 
it, it's a, a clear indication that sort of greyhounds run how they run, don't they? Like you can't really train them in a way to do anything a little bit differently. If she wants to track deep, that's how she races. But you're right. The impressive things to me about the win were holding the pressure from Zoe Bale early, who had the rails running, and that point off the back I think is key, sort of just past the 600 boxes yeah. when Queen of Scotch went for home and just put that gap on them. I, I thought it was unbelievable. That little piece there is is what – that's probably not what won of the race, but that's what won of the race, if you know what I mean, because sure. be, beginning well is probably the key to that. But – that end part is what really put them away. And I thought it was such an impressive win. Yeah, I mean, she ran, um, you know, 30-33 and out in front. They're not getting run down doing that. But anyone who has a look at the the vision on the GRSA website, the other camera angles that we have yes. after the replay, you can see how wide she got on the track. She ran further than any other dog in the race. I've got no doubt about it. And she won running that sort of time. And as mentioned, down the front straight and in the back straight, yeah. she was... She was so wide, but as you said, Yatesy, that's where she wants to be. She's happiest there, out wide, come down a little bit around the corner, but just stay off, and she's really happy there, and it's proven. Yeah, uh, Vadim Roz with uh, Yaramundi Paul. I note Thursday night uh, stepping him up over a bit of a trip. Yeah, really exciting to see what he can do. I mean, he's been getting home really hard in his races. Um, small field Thursday night, but a high-quality field. Yes. Might talk about that a little bit, a little yeah. bit later in the preview, but not all dogs can go from 5.38C who look, 5.95, just look their distance. I remember Wormburner was a good example. So brilliant over 5.30 metres. Yep. Went to, only went to 5.95 twice and wasn't as impressive. Um, and so they, um, Cam Butch always kept him back to 5.30. But we're looking forward to Yarra Money Paul, what he can do over the 5.95. Really exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a good race. Uh, could be King is the other one out of the race who I sort of liked a little yeah. bit. And uh, look... Initially, I thought it was a bit disappointing. And then I go back and have a look at the replay and sort of it's a forgive run for me a little bit. Uh, copped a little bit of buffeting and then down the back, got it again. Still, that run home was nice in the home straight. Yeah. That last 50 metres was able to sort of pick up a few placings and was hitting the line well. So I haven't totally given up on the king yet. Yeah, I honestly don't think box one's his go. No. Um, not yet, as yeah. he's still learning and, and learning his trade. So I remember he drew one in the Golden Maiden heats first up at his first start and got a bit lost. But then he drew eight in the final and he got that room and he accelerated mid-race with clear running. He was able to get it, such an impressive win it was. Yep. So I think early in his career, I think box one didn't suit. And in a high-pressure final like that, would have liked to seen him off a little bit. But um, he still was tagging Yaramandi Paul into the race. So yeah, I agree with you. Give run. What about the Australian Cup heats? We uh, had some great representation there on Saturday night and heat one taken out by Victor Damien for the Rasmussens. Uh, what, what a terrific win. Oh, most definitely. And I think um, the boom around him, I mean, a South, a South Australian dog going to Victoria, they sort of go, oh, yeah, South Australian dog coming to, to, coming to Victoria. <laughs> we, we, they ran time, but we don't really rate it. He drew one. He was a fifty-eight. So he got yeah. out a little bit in the market. Um, so the, the good judges knew. And, and didn't he run a, a marvellous race? He, he didn't begin that well from box one. He was able to push through and get to fourth. But uh, I know you like his sort of race um, knowledge, how he's able to sort of move a little bit to the outside of runners and his acceleration down the back straight just put them away. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the extraordinary bit to me was early. If you wanted to plot a path... That's the path to plot. It was an extraordinary piece of racemanship by him so early in his career yep. to come off, sort of half hold, come off again, 
go around and then put the afterburners on. Yeah, brilliant. And you could say that, um, you know, maybe the, the dogs chasing him weren't um, – we're not of the same standard, but around the time, Yates, he was the second fastest qualifier for yep. the whole series. He went 29.69. Um, he's the only dog who came from further back than second early. So, I mean, he's a big danger in the final. He has to be because he's got that mid-race acceleration. Yep. Everything else is a bit one-dimensional in the race, not to be unkind to a lot of the other runners, but they either they lead or sat second in the race. What do you make of the draw for him, box seven? In the um, final, I mean, I I I know the box draw um, when it was done. There was only two numbers to come out, and there yep. was box one and box seven, and one was Captain Larry. He drew one, and Victor Damien drew seven. I'm sure the Rasmussens would have liked to have drawn one because um, there'll be natural improvement. But box seven, he's got speed around him. Fernando Mick, we've seen him in South Australia. He's a brilliant beginner, and he's brilliant in his heat. Yep, um, he does like to take a straight line to the winning post, but he's really fast. And baby JC on the outside, who was the fastest qualified drawn eight outside him, um, she's got really good high speed as well. So I think the opportunity is there for him to get dragged up into the mid-division. Um, and if he can be three or four um, off them into the back straight, yep. he puts himself right in the race. Um, I'm, I'm pretty buoyant about um, his chances. I mean, he did the first part. He got into the final. Yeah. Um, what would you make of Captain Larry? Look, really good performance. Um, what I liked, again, was early. Like, there was heat there. There was pressure. Uh, bumped twice, I reckon, sort of going to that first bend and then really able to balance up, get going. And I, I thought it was, you know, creditable. I, I thought it was a really strong performance in a high-pressure race to absorb the, the body pressure early. Um, I, I really liked the effort. I yeah. thought it was very solid. Well, I mean, he was matched up against Wow, She's Fast. I think all eyes were on where she was. Yep. And the race was at the front of the field where yeah. Captain Larry was. Yeah. Um, and as you said, I mean, Revolution, which was the the other equal favourite in the race, yep. Captain Larry set outside Revolution and ran past him in the straight. So take nothing away from him. He went 29.88, which is a really solid time. And he's a dog that looks to be on on the fast track in Victoria. He yep. improved so much. We saw a little bit of him in um, in Mount Gambier with Dave Peckham. He ran really fast time down down the mount, um, but he's certainly improving and, and terrific for the owners. Yeah, absolutely. And and wow, she's fast. Uh, you know, it wasn't really chewing into the ground off, off Captain Larry late either. So uh, look, it was a fantastic run. Now box one for the final for him. What do you make of it? Well. Um, I would probably, I mean, I don't think you give up box one in a group one <laughs> final. Yeah. Um, but I just can't see him leading. Yeah. Um, I see him buried a little bit. Um, but having said that, he's he's made the final. Um, if there's a little bit of interference, a bit of tightening, he could easily push through into a, again, third or fourth spot. Yeah. I just can't see him at the pointy end of the field. So he's going to have to come past some dogs. But he's in the form of his life, so uh, certainly he'd be an each-way show, I would imagine. Well, best of luck to Connections uh, on Saturday night, and we'll be able to uh, tune in, actually, from the Greyhound of the Year Awards. We'll, we'll be screening it, hey? That is. We'll be able to get it on the big screen. I think the timings have worked in perfectly, unplanned, um, that it might just lob in a, in, a, in a break for the night, and that'll be great. We'll get it on the big screen. 
the SA Dogs doing as proud interstate. That'd be great. Fantastic. Uh, Matthew, I thought we'd briefly touch on Sunday night at Gawler as well. We had uh, some heats of the breeders. And yep. look, whilst uh, this is not a, a massive big time race, what it does do is give us a bit of an insight into these classic age greyhounds yep. going up against each other uh, as we sort of head to the Howard Ashton in a couple of months' time. Most definitely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it was over 400 metres. It's really the starting point for a lot of these dogs as they progress to the Group 3 in a couple of months. Um, we've seen the likes of um, Victor Marley, who got beaten in her heat. Yeah. Um, she's a really fast de- developer. But then you look at my boys for the Rawlings team who won the first heat. He's only just starting out his racing. So uh, my boys won the first heat. Uh, Footloose, Diva, Footloose Fever was second. And a lot of those Footloose dogs for yeah. the Pro Bridges, they've got such high speed early. Yep. Um, and so they qualified for the first one. Just on this, uh, this My Boys though, it, it never looked like being beaten. Like yeah. it boxed beautifully, jumped a couple in front, maybe off the back, you, you thought, oh, the Footloose is going to sort of go up and put some heat on, but uh, it was away and gone again. So I thought it was a nice win at Big Odds. Oh, $12 it yeah. started. Um, very unusual for it to start. A rolling stake st- kettle as well, odds. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and ran the time as well, 22.82 yeah. out in front. So, you know, a really progressive type. So again, he's starting out his racing. Um, so he did that in the first heat. The second heat, Coron Cam, very impressed with Coron yeah. Cam Yates. I mean, yeah. chase down Victor Marley over 400, that's not easy to do. No, and I, I think it was race style as well that was a big upside for him because railed beautifully on the home turn. Victor Marley left the inside a bit and he was able to charge through and save a lot of ground. Um, and, you know, it's a length and a half or so off Victor Marley early. You'd expect, you know, if you're betting in the run, so to speak, the race is done. Yeah. But no, uh, to the turn, hugged beautifully and finished off well. I thought it was a good run. Uh, you touched on the Footloose Dogs, yeah. Matho, Footloose Dreamer uh, for Ken Trowbridge. Very good speed and, gee, it was keen for the fence, wasn't it? It wanted to get down to the rail from the wide draw. It does look like that whole litter that uh, Ken's got coming through are all high speed, good railers, very well educated, right? So, um, yeah, very professional in getting the win. Um, 22... 82, if I can say that correctly, my eyes are going, and Victor Indy <laughs> running second. So, um, yeah, a, a good um, third heat there. And um, Tim Richards with Coron Cam, we spoke in the second heat, but yeah. he got another winner with Silk Sonic, and his team's going really well, Yeah, um, Tim is. And so he got the win, 22.61 as the fastest qualifier. Again, a dog that showed good speed and led throughout. And I think from that race, just trying to think back, he sort of held his line a bit early and then yeah. off the back was really able to put them away. So, uh, well, terrific. Looking forward to that. So that was the uh, the heats last week. And when's the final? The final will be on um, this coming Sunday. So, yeah, looking forward to that. As, as you mentioned, this is um, a progressive series. And so a lot of these dogs really looking forward to see how they progress and where they end up. Well, terrific stuff. Uh, Up next, mate, we're really going to get stuck into this Greyhound of the Year. Looking forward to it. The Preview. Uh, time now for our preview of the big action Saturday night. Also, uh, get a best bet or two. Matho's on fire with that for uh, Thursday night at Angle Park. Our preview, of course, uh, brought to you by SA Greyhound Tips Twitter feed. Uh, free tips for SA Metro meetings. Search at the Dogs SA and uh, jump on board as always, of course. Gamble responsibly. Uh, Matho, Greyhound of the Year. Uh, we've got five nominees for the 2022 Tab Greyhound of the Year. Um, firstly, 
can you just give me the overarching principles around how the selection process happens and, and how, how we've arrived at where we are now with five? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, at the conclusion of the year, um, the Greyhound of the Year panel made up of seven members um, look at all performances throughout the year, including the Greyhound of the Month, and look at it as an overall um, performance. Uh, they look to select the dogs who have performed you know, the best of the year. There is some criteria around, um, you've got to have been in the state for for three months, trained for three months. So a okay. dog like Buzz Junkie, which won our Group 1 Adelaide Cup, brilliant, essay owned, trained by Peter Jovanovic, was only here for six weeks, okay? So he was ineligible because he went back to New South Wales. He wasn't here for long enough. And it's more about, it's to reflect those dogs um, who have raced here on a consistent basis and performed at the highest level. So that's pretty much it. There are some dogs um, in relation to swabbing and, and eligibility and all that sort of stuff that um, mean they're not eligible. But Yatesy, we've got five wonderful finalists for um, Saturday night. We've been out in the media for a number of weeks yep. now, um, creating plenty of interest, plenty of talk around who it could be. And um, in going through, I mean, no particular, they're in alphabetical order as we release. Uh, just them. before you do, Matho, just as a judge on the panel, you are, aren't you? I am. Yes. yes. So, just a question uh, that I'm interested in is the recency bias that can happen when there's been good performances late in the year, for example. Yeah. Uh, as a as a judge, how do you go about sort of remembering what happened early on and, and giving it a sort of nice weighting compared to something that may have happened later in the year? Yeah, and I think that's um, it's a credit to the panel. I think they're they're very mindful of um, going back the twelve months, back to the January the year before, um, in assessing all performances. They get all the performances in front of them. Um, we got all the racing dates, um, all the feature races that were run and won, and all of that. So I think it. But you got to be mindful what sticks in your mind as yep. to more recently and not to forget the performance, as you mentioned, that did happen earlier in the year. So the judging panel take what they do very seriously and I, and I know they they make a point of ensuring that every dog um, that they believe warrants consideration to be in the top five finalists gets due um, consideration. So they take a, a time and effort to do it and... Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a very thorough process, and it's up to the individual to ensure they do their due diligence around the form. Yep. Um, and I think um, what they come up with is ultimately the hopefully the the, the right finalists. Yeah, well, it's difficult to argue against who we've come up with, so yeah. it, it sort of seems to be working. Um, and now, what did you want to do? Alphabetical order, did you? So yeah. fantastic, Radley would get us underway. Fantastic, Radley. Yeah, what a great year he had. Very dominant over the staying trip, wasn't he? I mean, he he ended up winning. Um, a, a number of races in a row. He's unbeaten over the 7.30 metres at Angle Park, track record holder, um, you know, what was it, 21 starts of the year, 18 wins. That's the extraordinary part for me. I mean, that sort of strike rate. Um, and, and, look, I know he was sort of in that dominance here in South Australia, but the way he did it, the times he ran, as you touch on records, and, uh, gee, he was an exciting dog for, for 2022. Yeah, the Cheggiers did a great job with him. Um, that 
we've spoken about it before, the fantastic dogs. But he's the pick of him, isn't he? Fantastic Radley. And um, he had a wonderful um, 2022. So definitely a worthy finalist. Yeah, well, he was our state champion uh, for the Nationals and uh, also won the Premier's Cup uh, through the year. What about Mally Magic? Uh, Look, a greyhound who really rose to prominence uh, for the Anniversary Cup final, our big uh, 50-year celebration here at headquarters. He did. What What a night that was. And a big race performer. I mean, he performed on the highest level. Um, that 50,000 to the winner uh, race. We had interstate competitors here for it. So he won in fine style. He's the only South Australian dog to have broken uh, 30 seconds. He's went 29.97 during the year. Um, he had no luck in the uh, Adelaide Cup. No, absolutely. I mean, he, he won a heat of the Adelaide Cup. He had no luck. Box one on this occasion probably yeah. didn't help him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he made the final and he, and he raced all year. He made a lot of finals. He won... 12 races from his 32 starts, but he was in everything, wasn't he? I yeah. mean, um, a high-class performer. Uh, the Rasmussen's also travelled with him, um, but definitely the highlight for him was clearly um, the Anniversary Cup final. And, I mean, that was a night in itself, wasn't it, to, you know, the 50th anniversary of yeah. Eagle Park. That was a special night. Yeah, it was fabulous. To see all the, the old trainers back, to have the initial race book that was produced on the night to be replicated for, for the evening um, in, in the current sort of form that we had. And just the memories and the connectiveness of the group, I reckon, that night was – it was a – you're right. It was one of the real extraordinary nights in yeah. greyhound racing. Well, and he's a big part of it and, and definitely on his performance throughout the year, definitely a worthy finalist for sure. What about Springvale Max? So this is uh, trained, of course, by Gavin Harris. He owns the Greyhound as well. And um, look, we we talk about classic age uh, just a moment ago with the yep. uh, the Gawler uh, breeder heats, but take me through what he was able to achieve in 2022. I mean, he was probably the most dominant dog through those um, classic age races. Howard Ashton winner? He was the Howard Ashton winner. He won also won the Gawler Produce, which again is a it's an open pay-up series, but it's an age-restrictive one. So, I mean, he... Um, for the big part of the year, he extremely well placed by Gavin to uh, to to get the to win the race. He did. He won fifteen races from his thirty seven starts, seventy seven thousand in prize money. And then mm. we spoke about you know dogs fresh in your mind. The latter part of the year, he really developed into a really nice open company dog as well. Yep. So he, again, raced all year. Um, he raced through the the Adelaide Cup. He ran through the Gawler Cup. Um, so I mean, he's a dog that's that probably we'll see even more of him this coming year, mm. but had a really, really good 2022. Yeah, it was an extraordinary progression, wasn't it? Like coming through the classic age, uh, he I think he won his heat of the ashes as well, beaten in yeah. the final out of a place there. But it's that development that, that you can just, as you look back over the year, you go, wow, well, yeah, there's one that sort of put the hand up and then was able to take the step as well. Most definitely. Um, and it's yep. been progressive, obviously, in the first part of 2023. Uh, what about Victor Grosso for Tony Rasmussen? Um, this uh, this greyhound, he was the Shane McQueen uh, feature and the SA Sprint Championship was placed there in the final. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, very similar to his kennel mate, Mally Magic, raced in pretty much everything, didn't yeah. he, throughout 2022? 21 wins for the E8C. That's just an astounding amount of wins from his 45 starts. A dual track record holder as well and did broke the track record within five days. He broke the <laughs> Gambia track right. record and then the Gawler track record. That's right, yeah. So amazing performances. Um, again, another dog that raced um, interstate. 
Um, his highlight was no doubt the uh, the Shane McQueen, as you mentioned, over the 5.95, a brilliant performance to win the heat and final there. But, I mean, he, he won the heat of the, of a, the National um, Sprint Championship, won a heat of the SA Sprint Championship, um, and as mentioned, a track rec- dual track record holder. So, you know, a, a, another worthy yeah. um, finalist. And never out of it, was he? Like nah. The way he races, he's just tough. Uh, the other one, Victor Hayden, also for Tony Rasmussen, a massive hand uh, in the uh, the awards on Saturday night. Tell yeah. me about Victor Hayden. Well, the third of his finalists, um, Victor Hayden, um, probably the, the last few months didn't race due to injury um, and it would have been nice to see a bit more of Victor Hayden and throughout the throughout the year but that that's racing you know 29 starts for eight wins but what Victor Hayden did do during the year was um, you know ran over multiple distances over the 530 the 595 the 730 a lot of his good performances came over the 730 but we know how good he is over 530 he, his feature was winning the Bay Road Queen Stayers Cup. But he was neck and neck with Fantastic Radley through that period. I yeah. mean, uh, I, I go back to the state final of the National Distance Championship, the one-off race, yep. and Victor Hayden put it to Radley. And I think you know, on, on a wet track, Radley just got him in the shadows of the post. So a brilliant performance. Again, we know what a good dog he is. And it's a credit to to the to both Hayden and Grosso. They were both finalists the year before Yatesy as well. Yep. So to be finalists again back-to-back years, Terrific effort, and he's a, he's definitely a worthy finalist in the five. And the the other question that sort of comes into my mind after you touch on the distances that Victor Hayden was able to run through, yeah. uh, how is the weighting attributed to say a fantastic Radley, for example, versus uh, maybe a Mally Magic? Uh, you know, the distance performances versus the uh, the, the sprint efforts, which yeah. may be perceived a little bit as more blue riband, if you like. Uh, how does how's that all weighed up in the judging? panel yeah no it's a good question i mean i think that each individual judge will will look at things themselves me personally um i think feature races count whether it's over the 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 sprint course or over the staying trip they count yeah they weigh heavily times weigh heavily in greyhound racing it matters what times you run but also the opposition you're racing against as well um listen we, we know for a fact that staying races due to the support that South Australia has for staying races, we're only running four and five dog races. We do, in feature races, we get our eight dog finals. And they're wonderful races uh, to be in and they're hard to win. Um, But in the sprint events, you get a fuller fields and all of that. So, I mean... um, it, 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 you've got to weigh it up one yep. way or the other. And yep. I don't think there's any right or wrong about it. But, um, I mean, I just think the the you can tell the performances of the dogs, regardless of who they're racing against, um, whether they're really good or not. So, Well, brilliant. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a terrific night. That's uh, Saturday night yep. here at Angle Park, and we'll uh, be able to watch the Australian Cup uh, as well. Uh, right. Now, here we go. You're no doubt oh, yeah. sunning yourself after a uh, big night Thursday. You tip Molly Irish, yep. leaden one. You said that's what had happened. Yep. You tipped Queen of Scots, leaden one. You said that's what had happened. Uh, how's the uh, premonitions going leading into Thursday night, mate? Really good job last week. Thank you. Thanks, 
um, for that, Yates. See, um, yeah, it's always good to tip a winner or two. I mean, you're used to it. That's, that's, your, that's your job. You, you do a really good job at it. But um, this Thursday night, we start a bit later on Thursday night. As oh, well. yeah. The, so this is for the heat, isn't it? Yeah, just, a, it, I mean, we're having a bit of a heat spell at the moment. So Thursday night, we'll start one race later, around the 7 o'clock on Thursday night. It's only 10 races, smallish program, but some good depth in there. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we're mindful around the hot weather and, and making sure we're not certainly not racing in the hot parts of the day. So yes. start a bit later on Thursday night. So um, get there. Um, you don't need to get there too early um, for the racing, but definitely there's obviously cross-code on cross code on Thursday night. You can bet into anything else, and the program starts around 7. Uh, Yatesy, my best on the night, and I had a look. Um, I'm going to go with race 4, number 5, Deployment for um, Jack Trengove. Uh, three starts ago um, on a Saturday went 30-78 in winning a heat of uh, the sort of time grade heat to final yep. on a Thursday night. And last start, I wasn't too disappointed with him last start. If you watched the replay, he, he took one stride out and I think he bunny hopped. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely something happened. So, I was, and so he lost a fair bit of ground it's there. It's listed as stumbled in the, <laughs> in the run-ons. I don't know but, if it's B-H <laughs> is bunny hop. Um, but that's what he uh, looked to do. So he lost a bit of ground there and he then had to work really hard to try to tag onto the back of See My Future. And yep. See My Future really rocketed home at the last part and he, he didn't lose much ground to See My Future. So I'm looking at that, a bit better start, not an overly strong field, race four. Um, so... Drawn the, drawn the middle. I think he can uh, position handy early, and I, and I do like him. That's what, it for the night? Yeah, I'll just go the one. I just don't want to jinx too much, um, but, um, yeah, I'll just go the one. What about you on the night? Mate, I'm buttering up on the king. Uh, so could be king. And, look, I don't disagree with your thoughts earlier on that, it, that box one is an ideal. I, I concede that. Uh, but I think it'll be okay because I think there was enough pace to get up and around yep. him early and he can sort of have his space and, and run on. Um, I was a bit flat, I've got to admit, last week after <laughs> you dominated and I'm sort of sitting there sucking my thumb. But um, he's the one that I'm going to butter up and be on because I, I went and had another look. I've, lo- I've watched it a few times and... Yep. That, that last bit I liked. Yeah. So small field, I think it's going to be a really big plus. Uh, and I'm just going to give him another chance and, and let's see if we can recoup from last week. So that's race three, number one. Uh, look, I've got another one, Matho, as nice. well. Not sure what sort of prices we're, we're looking at. I mean, we haven't got markets just at this stage. as a touch on uh, smaller field, so that might sort of shift the markets around. But that 600 race is going to be a beauty for the 595. With um, I'm really looking forward to that. But that's, that's not where I'm going for this one. I'm going with Fantastic Radley, mm-hmm. our Greyhound of the Year nominee. Now, yep. gee, was there some money for this, resuming? Um, and I was taken by his run. Now, look, whether he's looking for that bit further now, I don't know. But in the home straight, to charge and miss by not much, yeah. uh, that showed to me he's back and he's back well. Is that sort of that freshness first up, the ability of him to charge late? Uh, look, I don't know, but it was too good a run for me not to be on him. So race eight, number four, fantastic, Radley. No, I agree with you. Like, uh, what I liked about his run, um, well, obviously his performance, but it's just like what excitement we're going to have over the next few months when he does yep. step back up to the longer journeys. Just that had had like I'm ready to go. Yeah. So I think on Thursday night, I, I'm, I'm not far off you, Yates. He, he couldn't miss his run. Um, and in race eight, I mean that's that is the best race on the program, apart from the five ninety five. Yeah. Um, race eight is the highlight. That's the heats from the final from last week. So um, I think that's the best one on the program. As you mentioned, the five ninety five is race six on the program. 
um, with Ravers Army, Victor Reed, Springvale Roxy steps up, Yarramundi Paul and Spring Hilo. So, yeah, really looking forward to Thursday night and hopefully that best bet getting you, uh, kicking you off with the best <laughs> bet in the new surroundings. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Uh, look, terrific stuff, Matho. Now, uh, we've got the Mount Gambier Cup heats there coming up. Uh, is it Sunday week? I Murray think. Bridge. Murray, Murray Bridge, Bridge my apologies. Thanks. Murray Bridge. So, uh, we'll be back to sort of check them out next week yeah, uh, for, for the Dogcast. So, we'll go through uh, all the, uh, the info there and, of course, uh, the uh, Mount Gambier Cup itself, uh, not too far away either, it's really. Only a couple of weeks after the Murray Bridge, and there's yep. bonuses attached if you can win the Murray Bridge Cup and then the Mount Gambier Cup. So, um, yeah, the next month, um, definitely with through our country tracks, Murray Bridge and Mount Gambier will be the real focus. Well, terrific stuff. Good job, mate. Let's uh, hope you found a winner and look forward to the Greyhound of the Year on Saturday night.